No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. Welcome, everybody, to episode number one of the Battered Nets Fans Podcast. I am your host, Andrew Lana. Alongside me is a special guest, Mr. Mike Biseglia from the Bad Weather Fans. How are you doing, sir? Uh, I'm good. I'm here. I'm appreciating, uh, you know, you having me on the show. And I'm looking forward to uh, looking into Little Nets. You know, it's funny because I remember when we, I guess it's a year ago now, and I jumped I on with you and, we, pre- uh-huh. and we previewed the Nets season. And if you were to go back and listen to that episode, everything I we did. said was wrong. Mm-hmm. No, actually, I went back and I was curious and I went okay. back and I listened to it today. What did and we say? Mike, you were on the money. Really? You said, I don't understand why everybody says it has to be, we're either going to be champions or we're missing the playoffs. Why can't it be somewhere down the middle that we just make the playoffs and do nothing else? <laughs> on the okay. money. On the All money. Right. You, didn't, you didn't predict the KD trade, but. Yeah. Well, if that's the case, I'm going to go on to the, today's episode and say Nets are winning a championship. So enjoy. <laughs> that's what will happen. Then we can look back at a year from now when we have all our bling talking about it. But no, oh, that, uh, that, but, that yeah, would be, be fun. I, I mean, I don't know if you remember, but when I was watch, uh, watching that back, I think the whole episode kind of centered <laughs> around this, this idea of a championship DVD. <laughs> yeah, of course I remember that. Yes. So that, that was the, the, the talking <laughs> you, point, that whole episode. Yeah, well, you would text me. DVD. You would text me the screenshot, and for fans that are listening to this that are old enough, when like a, t- a computer would go down, you'd have your screensaver, and it was that DVD kind of bouncing yep. in the corner trying to hit it. <laughs> that famous scene in the office where it does hit it, and they go mm-hmm. crazy. But yeah. you would send me those uh, text messages of that meme or whatever, and uh, yeah, whenever there was a big win or something, for sure, I, I, re- yeah, I really believed it. I, so you got me believing it. Fuck you. Well, <laughs> you had me. Tell me it. after that was that was a 12 game win streak. Tell me that everybody wasn't believing it at that no. point. Everybody was believing it. No, I know. Especially, I mean, the Kyrie put the, here's where I really believed it. The putback when Kyrie Irving had the putback dunk against, against the Spurs, Spurs. and yep. the Barclays like, Center erupted. I had the feel, and I, I don't get this often in sports, but one of those feelings where it was like, this is magic. They're this is this is good. I really thought in that moment that they had a chance. You know, the other the, the other time after that was the KD three in game seven and his performance in game five versus the Bucks. But this after was one of the five, few yeah. regular season games where that he had that book, not like a not the win against Toronto where he had the three and not some of the other parts of the win streak, but that putback dunk versus the Spurs. I had an emotion that went over me. I said, this Nets team's going to do it. I don't know. It's, it's funny that you pointed out because I, I guess a lot of Nets fans will point out that putback, but that putback was it for me also. That hmm. putback, Kyrie, out of all people doing that putback, I was like, this is the exclamation point. We're going. And then I, I want to say it was like four or five days later, they went on a Sunday. They played against the Heat down here in Miami. Hmm. KD went down, and then that was it. That, that was the beginning of the end. Kyrie all of a sudden started feeling disrespected, and I didn't see it coming. If you would have told me after that putback, when uh, when the Spurs called a timeout after that putback, hey, just so you know, a month from now, both Kyrie and Kyrie are getting traded away. Who the hell would believe that? No, I mean, part. I guess part of me would in a small sense because of how volatile they've been in the past, but no, I mean, truly was shocking. And yeah, KD went down in that game. The Nets did win that game. Oh, which was man, surprising that was a good win too. Yeah. because it was a good win and it kind of put a bandaid on what was going to be a bigger problem. And the Nets didn't play 
Um, they played great when KD went down, but they were yeah. better than the previous version of on. They couldn't win. They were more like four and six out of ten, right? Or three and five out of eight. More just losing games, but okay, <laughs> they're not completely falling apart. And then I'll never forget it. It was three minutes before I had a virtual meeting, and I have Woj and Shams on auto alert. The only two guys I'll do it for especially around the deadline time. Yeah. And that thing went off and I saw that and I just stared at it like, huh? Huh? And then, yeah. you know, your phone blows up and uh, the rest is history. Yeah. And, and I mean, I don't want to go too much. I know this is a season preview for the upcoming year, but yeah. there was okay. a, a random game that stands out to me where I felt really good about the season. And it was in Portland in no, late November. Oh yeah, and Ben Simmons had a decent, uh, decent a game. game. Mm-hmm. Royce O'Neal had, a, I think, the game-winning putback. Mm-hmm. I remember after that game, I was like, "This could be a special." And I started believing after that game. That game, for some reason, sticks out to me. Like I started believing in that Portland game late in November. Well, it's such a crazy season when you look back because um, Steve Nash gets fired. The team's playing terrible. Kyrie Irving disappears because he's suspended or whatever the actual (laughs) title. No, he wasn't there. Um, And then they go on the road and they start playing well. And Ben Simmons starts putting it together. Uh, And then, you know, Kyrie comes back and then it all comes together. But you could see, I mean, just an an intense emotional roller coaster of everything that kind of flattened at the end and got regular boring, um, which is sort of where we start this season not that that's a bad thing but no. the nets are just a regular basketball team well th- that's a, a beautiful segue right there uh because that's what you do mike <laughs> now my question to you if you had to choose are we going happy nets kind of boring but no drama like we are right now or would you go back to the toxic nets which are you know obviously the kyrie filled kevin durant we don't know if he wants to stay or go nets like, if you had to choose, where, where would you want to be right now? I mean, I I would honestly go back to the Toxic Nets just because they would have a chance to win a championship. Now, they wouldn't win one because they never do, and it would be a miserable experience with all the hell that would come from the Nets off the court, whatever it would be. It would be something. Right. So I know that. Um, but I can't help myself. I, I, I'm not disappointed. I'm not disappointed or like not excited about this season because I really am. And a lot of me is very happy that I don't have to sit through a lot of the stuff that had occurred with this franchise and this team in the past couple of years. So there's right. a big relief from me that, that that is all gone. And the Nets can just really focus on breaking down, you know, is Noah Clowney getting backup minutes? Um, but to answer your question, I'll always pick the, the, the way to win a championship. Um, that's something I crave and would love to see as a net fan. And you go into this year, not with those expectations, but more of just hoping to overachieve and build building blocks for the future. Um, so I was, it was weird. It's, it's exciting to have a fresh start, but if I had to pick between the two, even if it comes with all the bad, I'll take that 5% chance when right now it's, you know, it's zero. I'm probably in the minority because at least for one season, after the last four years, I'm okay with culture nets again. Just one more it. year. No, I get and that. And let's just back on the horse next summer. Let's find I get it. a random star next summer. But I, I, I kind of like this, like, 
all right, let's just root for the underdog again because I'm, I'm not going to lie to you, and I mean this with every fiber of my being. Yeah. The 21-22 season was the most unhappy I've ever been watching basketball. The whole uh, COVID yeah. shot. that it was bad. That year was horrible. And then to, fi- to finish it off by getting swept by the Celtics with KD and Kyrie both healthy, like nothing will ever top that season as far as unhappiness goes for me. So, yeah, that was um, putrid. I, I, I totally get you, and I totally understand that. And I'm not saying that I'm – I wish we were back there. Um, I, I missed the opportunity for a title, but, I, but I'm, I'm with you 100% in that this is just going to be – what it'll be we're gonna watch games get excited have fun you know hope to surprise some people uh, which i think makes this team sort of exciting is there's really an unknown with this team i think there's a high there's a high ceiling and a low floor with them which makes it sort of exciting not that we want the low floor but a lot of times you know what your team's gonna be i think for the nets and their fans, they really don't know what this team is going to be because of some young players that are ascending, because of the unknown with Ben Simmons, because of all of these other factors. Um, I think it's it's kind of exciting in that sense where you don't you really just don't know if they're going to be an 11 seed or a five seed. Well, I think that and that leads us straight to the, the biggest storyline. I think undoubtedly the biggest storyline of the year is Ben Simmons. Mm hmm. If he goes back to where we think he well, or some people are predicting that he can, I think this team has a chance to be a top six, five seed. Mm-hmm. But can you really trust him? Like mm-hmm. from what I saw in the preseason, and I know Alex, your co-host, was making mm-hmm. fun of all Nets fans for getting so excited when we saw Ben Simmons, but we haven't seen this in a Nets. Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. Like I get that it was preseason, but you never saw it even in preseason. Like you never saw right. even a glimpse of this. And the aggressiveness, the way he's taking it to the rim. He's he's attempting fadeaway mid-range jumpers. He's yeah. going to the rim. He's take like I hadn't seen this before. So yes, the other day he had eight assists, eight turnovers. And but to me, that's fine. He's trying. So I'm okay with it. How are you feeling about Ben Simmons this coming year? Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the turnover point. Uh, and I'll I'll start with what you said last, because to me, I was a good sign that he was involved in trying and Yes, there were some bad passes, but it was because he was ultra aggressive. That was a good sign. Now, obviously, if he's averaging eight turnovers a game during the regular season, that's going to be an insane problem. But that's stuff that you work out in the preseason. You're right. He's looked a lot better than he ever did last year. He's more fluid. He's moving better. He's getting to the hoop. All of this looks good. Now, if this is the Ben Simmons that the Nets get during the season, what does that translate to? I... I don't even know if that's good enough because he was in a different gear as a Philadelphia 76er. Like you go yeah. back and watch some of those highlights. It's a, it's a different level of a player. It's almost like it's, it's, it's insanity how good he was. Um, I, I think there's, you're going to get glimpses of it. I think you'll get more. I think let me put it this way. He's not reliable to play in all these games. He's going to get hurt and something's going to happen. He's proven that. And I, I can't sit here and say he's going to play 75 games. But I don't think he's going to be Ben Simmons of Philly, but he's going to be better than he was last year, and it's going to be somewhere in the middle. And I think if you're a Net fan, you just take it and hope that works chemistry-wise with Bridges and, and you know Cam Johnson and everybody else. I think people forget that there was a, t- a point in time where Sixers fans themselves were saying Ben Simmons or Embiid, and a lot of right. them were saying, I think we should just run it with Simmons. This was an actual conversation happening, which is wild to think now. Of course. But 
Ben Simmons was that good at one point. Obviously, no jumper, but everything else, he did it at a high level. So I think yeah. that can he do it? No, I think that's a great point that you brought up. The fact that you know you can count on him probably getting injured here, banged up here or there. But him running the point, I mean, I think the biggest question mark is how he fits with Claxton because neither one of them can shoot. So Claxton, Ben Simmons, are you worried at all about this? I think we had this conversation last year. Yeah. And go ahead. No, no, no. I would say it's, it's, it's a little different too because last year, you know, Irving on the team changes a lot of the dynamic of him ball heavy. I think, I think for the Nets to be surprising good, he's got to become the all-world point guard, and that's where he plays. And if that's the situation, you don't worry about him and the spacing with Nick Claxton on the floor, and it's about him getting other people involved. If it's Mikel Bridges, Cam Johnson, Spencer Dinwiddie, Cam Johns, uh, uh, Cam Thomas. It's about him and his ability to push the ball, get down the floor, and get open shots for his teammates and get in transition. Like right now, I love your shirt, and on the top of it, it says KIDD. And nobody in Nets history was better than pushing the ball down the court, getting off, a, getting a defensive rebound, pushing it down the court, and getting easy baskets for his teammates. If it's Richard Jefferson or Kenyon Martin or Kerry Kittles, whatnot, that's what he did. And if Ben Simmons is doing that type of thing for the Nets, because that's where his strength is, that's where the Nets are going to succeed. And he'll be lobbing it to Nick Claxton. So I'm not, I'm not worried about that. It's more of how does it just all fit chemistry wise with everybody. Well, yeah, and I think that, I mean, Jock Vaughn can do a, a decent job of just making sure that there's a lot of movement going on, right? You could just set picks off ball. Like, there's a lot of things that you can do to make sure that the, that paint isn't clogged up. So I'm sure that they'll figure it out. Uh, I think I'm more worried about, and I know a lot of people are saying, oh, yeah, but we have so many shooters that shoot over 40%. I, I don't know. I, don't, I, I thought we had better shooters last year. We, we don't have Seth Curry anymore. We don't have Joe Harris anymore. Hell, we don't have Yuta anymore. Like, I felt like we had some sharpshooters last year. This year, I know Cam Johnson is a great shooter, but outside of him, do you, I don't really think that we have many spot-up shooters. Like, you're not going to see too many people lining up in the corner and just knocking down open trays. It's a different kind of roster, especially on the bench. It's 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 more athletic, the bench. It's better defensively, and it's more versatile, but it's not your typical guys that can stand on the outside and knock down shots. I mean, we've seen in this preseason, Lonnie Walker's done a really nice job of hitting yeah. shots. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie's hit threes at a better rate, and that's because I don't think he's holding the ball as much. You know, Cam Thomas is going to have to be a guy that's going to make open shots for the Nets. But this that's is a different game, team. Though. This is I, I understand that, but it it's a different team from you got Kyrie, you've got Harden, you've got Durant. Let's put Joe in the corner. Let's put Seth in the corner. This is about versatility, and it's about um, getting to the basket. Like, I... I've seen guys get to the basket more than I ever did last year. It, it's a it's a different kind of roster, uh, and it's one where I think will be good. It's competitive. It's like six through thirteen, seven through twelve. They're all kind of interchangeable, all kind of in the same in the same stratosphere of talent. And it'll be who comes out on top of it. But it's very different than your you know your typical stand in the corner and knock down hit three kind of guys. Now you brought up six through thirteen, so I'm kind of curious where you fall on this debate. If you had to choose a starter, would you go Cam mm. Thomas or Spencer Dinwiddie? I would start Cam. I really would. I okay. would put him alongside Ben and see how that works out. I know people like the idea, and I'm not saying this is it's a long game too. Different lineups come in and out. 
But I like the idea of Dinwiddie coming off the bench and adding an instant spark and can and can run the offense. And I know a lot of people like the idea of Cam coming in, because ISO ball, he can score. I want to see what he looks like next to Ben Simmons. I want to see what happens when you have a two guard that can shoot and get to the basket and create and have somebody help him out in in a uh, Ben Simmons. And defensively, when you put you know Ben on the outside, you can you can make up for some of those other deficiencies. I'd like to see Cam Thomas start and have Dinwiddie come off the bench. And if I'm wrong and I fail, try it, try it a different way. But I, I kind of like the idea of Dinwiddie going back to what he was when he was with the Nets in that, that first season, not, not with the Nets, but the first season where they made the playoffs before the big three, the big two joined, the culture where Nets. they made the plays, the culture Nets. Dinwiddie was coming off the bench. He was backing up D'Lo, and he was the guy that gave a spark for them. I'd yeah, like he was to finishing the games. True. And that, right, exactly. It doesn't mean he doesn't right. finish. It doesn't mean he doesn't finish. Uh, you know, exactly. I, I feel like Cam Thomas is better when he has the ball in his hands, kind of like you said, playing ISO ball and playing next to Ben Simmons. He's going to have to be able to spot, spot up and shoot. And I think Spencer might be better at that. So I would rather see Spencer next to Ben and let Cam run it with, uh, with the second unit. Um, how do you think it's, it, it looks on Wednesday, though? Because I think that Spencer's going to get it just because. Oh, yeah. Oh, I definitely agree with you. I definitely agree with you on that. I think he'll be there, and I hope Cam Johnson's going to play. Um, I think first and foremost, just have him back. We haven't seen him at all with the hamstring injury. Um, yeah. Love to see him out there. But, yeah, I would. I think we got a glimpse of it in the in the preseason where you'll see something like Ben, Spencer, Cam Johnson, Mikel, and Nick. And I think DFS comes off the bench with Cam Thomas. That's for the you know the first two guys, him and then Lonnie Walker, the first three guys off the bench. Yeah, I think I think you're on the money with that. All right, so let, let's go and and address. I mean, the elephant, how do we not bring up the franchise, Mikael Bridges? I think this team. I understand that Ben Simmons is a very important integral part, and if he does well, we expect this team to do very well. But I think this is Mikael Bridges' team. Now I know some people. I've heard some people say Ben Simmons' team. Okay, maybe I guess he is the the one that's getting the most attention. But I think this team goes as far as Mikael Bridges can grow. What do you think as far as Mikael Bridges this season? Because I think that he's a borderline all-star this season if he can keep up with the way he ended the season last year. Yeah, he was great. I mean, it was such a relief to have him. I mean, you look back at the KD trade now, and they got Cam Johnson, who's just going to be a starter for how many years. They got Mikael Bridges, one of their cornerstone players, who averaged 25-plus when he came to the Nets. And then the four draft picks for four first round draft picks, right? That and right, you know, obviously it's Kevin Durant, but at the time it was like, did they get enough? But now you look at some of these other trades, and it's a really they got a lot back. Yeah. Um, and especially the way Mikel played, I would expect him to continue to grow and, and get to the, be that fringe, you know, borderline all star player. I think that's serious expectations for him. He needs to take the next leap. And what I love about Mikel Bridges is. That he, he wants it. You know, he wants that on his shoulders. He's the kind of guy that wants to take the responsibility and be a leader. And he's going to have to do it on a day-in and day-out basis for this team because it's a team that lacks scoring. I mean, that's the biggest issue, although it wasn't in the preseason. They actually scored fine. But last year, scoring the basketball was a hard thing for the Nets to do. So if the Nets are going to win basketball games, I mean, he's going to have to average 25 points a game again for this Nets team and elevate his game to another level and do it for the full season. Um, based on what I saw last year, I would expect to see it again. Uh, and I expect based on the kind of guy he is and the workload that he's going to get, 
that he's going to do it. And I would, I would hope like D'Lo was for the Nets uh, in that year, the culture Nets, where he made the All Star team. I expect something similar from Mikel Bridges. Uh, you know, I, I don't have the top of my head all the forwards and guards and if he's positionist less now in the All Star game, I can't remember. But yeah, I, I would. Um, I think Mikel Bridges has to be there. Uh, and if he isn't and he falls flat of all of that, Nets are in trouble. Adam Silver actually came out and said that they're going to go back to the East versus West this year. So oh, good. That's good. So they'll probably go and use up <laughs> nice. positions. But um, Mikael Bridges, when I when I think about the way he's kind of developed from a, a defensive stopper and all of a sudden developed his offensive game, kind of reminds me of Jimmy Butler, where he came up with Chicago, just straight defense. All of a sudden, his offense started grooming. Now, Mikael Bridges can shoot a lot better than Jimmy can. Still, yeah. right? Because Jimmy still never developed that three-point shot, at least not during the games. He shows off in... Uh, he shows off during practice, but that's about sure. it. Um, but um, but yeah, I I see Mikhail Bridges possibly a fringe All Star, kind of like Jalen Brunson is with the Knicks, uh, again borderline All Star. Depending on you know, remember D'Lo, he was an All Star, but he technically didn't make the All Star team until there was an injury. Then sure. he was like a, a. So I think that somewhere along those lines, I think that he's gonna he's gonna average twenty five like he did at the end of the season and. My, my favorite thing about him is that you can count on him playing 83 games a year, just like he did last year. And that was like that weird where he was. He got subbed uh, out right after the tip-off. And, yeah. um, you know, it's kind of nice to have uh, the franchise of your team go ahead and, you know, you can count on him playing. Uh, I left yeah. Dickie joining us. He said, defense, pace, transition, and bench, all keys for the Nets to win consistently this year. Well, I think they are. Yeah, I agree. And they're going to get out on transition with Ben Simmons running the show and Claxton running like a gazelle. Like, they're going to be transition buckets. And, you know, that's what you want to see, especially when Ben Simmons running the show. Yeah, that's the, I said that before. I mean, I, I really believe that for the Nets to win games, because offense is going to be a little bit more difficult in the half court, they're going to have to get out and get in transition and get buckets. And Hopefully not every play is a leak out three point shot, you know, actually, uh, you know, two on one, go to the basket and get some layups and dunks. I'd like to see Ben Simmons even more aggressive. I know he's been better than he has been, but he there's another gear in him. There's another gear in him because he if you watch him play and he's backing down guys and he does these little eight foot hooks, I'm like there you could dunk every time if you wanted to. He for sure it's it's in there to get to another gear and I pair it with your question with Mikel and now you start looking at a team and you view it in a different standpoint okay you know I I can spin it either way I can do the negative net viewpoint I can do the positive viewpoint I'll do the positive one here Ben Simmons is playing not an elite level but he's playing very good and he's getting his teammates involved Mikel Bridges has become that player where he's a borderline all-star so now you're pairing two all-star level forward guards together all right, that's not too bad with a Nick with an ascending Nick Claxton who's getting better and better uh, with his physicality. His offensive game has improved. Spencer Dinwiddie's now off the ball and he's getting a lot of open shots that have been developed from Ben Simmons. DFS Royce O'Neal come in and give veteran leadership, hit knockdown threes, and play defense when you need them. And the Nets go on and win forty eight games and surprise some people. Like there is a positive outcome where things go right and that could happen. And it's it just all stems on McKelbian next next level, Cam Johnson improving. But what I do love about this Nets team, and I really mean this when I like this, they gave contracts to guys that wasn't a reward for what you had done. 
there's been guys that have gotten a bajillion dollars based on what they did in the past, and then teams get screwed with contracts. You know, people are fighting over Cam Johnson nuances. Well, I would have given him $3 million less million because the tax appeal in 2028 is going to come back to burn him. The idea is you get him now, and then in three years, you're like, whoo, that was a deal. That was a yeah. bargain, and they got him at the right time. And I love that the guys that they have signed long-term are getting better and not getting worse, and that excites me as a Nets fan. I um, The Cam Johnson thing, I see Ka- uh, Cam Johnson as a poor man's Kyle Kuzma with <laughs> better style as far as dressing. He can defend. He can shoot. I'm not sure why anybody would poo-poo the Cam Johnson uh, contract. I think that's that's a steal. I think that we're lucky to have him. And when I and I guess we can get into the starting lineup. And before I do, uh, leave wrote another comment. Uh, rebounding and half court sets are not our strength, but we have sets to run with dribble handoffs and pin downs with Ben Simmons as the facilitator and, and Nick Claxton ascension in the pick and roll situations. I mean, I, I think you, you're, you're preaching to absolutely the, the choir. Every net fan is saying the same thing. The only issue is that once you get into the postseason, the, sl- the game slows down a bit and the half-court sets become more necessary, and then that's when you find yourself in trouble. That's why the Heat, the Heat were they, – they should not have made the playoffs. The Heat have the slowest pace in the NBA by far. I think they shot by far the worst amount of, of yeah. field goal attempts in the season. But once they got into the playoffs, it's a different game, and all of a sudden the Heat play well because it's not running gun all the time, and that's mm-hmm. playing kind of into the Heat's hands. So, mm-hmm. um, but I think in the in the regular season we should take advantage of that. Uh, as far as the starting lineups go, you said you think, well, you said you want Cam, but you think Spence. How's that starting lineup going if everybody's healthy? Because let's say Cam Johnson's healthy. Yeah, I think your starting lineup versus the Cleveland Cavaliers on Wednesday is going to be Ben at the one, Spencer at the two, which I really like. Even if it's not Cam Thomas, I like Spencer at the two, and that's where he really. Um, had his best year in Dallas when he was scoring so many points. It was because, and he said this on the Patrick Beverly podcast, he's like, um, basically what would happen is Luca would go do his thing. I'd get the ball and wide open and shoot. And then I'd have some time mm-hmm. when I was alone. I would do my Spencer Dinwiddie thing. And I yep. like that. But it, but when I it's, do. when it's 100% Dinwiddie, that's where you, you know, net Twitter attacks. But when it's him in spots where he relieves people, you're like, okay, this is a nice option, a nice Swiss Army nice and flexibility. So I like him at the two. I think then you go Cam Johnson or Mikel three, four, however you want to figure that out, and then Nick at the five. And I think that's your starting lineup, which is a much bigger Nets lineup than we have seen in years past. We're one through five. Um, versatile defensively, although I don't understand why they have all this defensive versatility and they suck on defense, but in theory – they have all these guys that are interchangeable, um, and I'd like to hear that the Nets this season will be not switching on everything, and hopefully that helps with defensive rebounding. But that's one through five what I think you get versus the Cavs on Wednesday night. And speaking of the Cavs, I think that the Cavs kind of rode their defense last year to that fourth seed. Was it the fourth seed or the fifth mm-hmm. seed? I can't remember. Fourth seed, then lost fourth in seed. the first round. Right. So the next one was the fifth seed, right. So uh, I think that's kind of what we're looking at. And, I mean, I wore this shirt because – who had the Nets winning the East that first year Jason Kidd was there? Now, I'm not saying that the, the Nets are going to win the East this year. But, I mean, teams do come out when they they have a, a good um, a good foundation, right? Like, I, 
I think that with the defense that we currently have, if we can get some consistent shooting, I think this guy's well, not this guy. Maybe that's a bit hyperbolic, but I think that saying that we can get a top six seed isn't necessarily uh, out of this world. I think that that's a real possibility. Well, the good news is like every season, there's going to be teams that surprise people and, and there's going to be teams that overachieve in the viewpoint of the, you know, the media and the, the experts, and there's going to be teams that underachieve. I'll look at the Nets crosstown rival, for example, in the Knicks. Nobody thought the Knicks would do anything last year. They signed Jalen Brunson. They're like, okay, that's nice. The connections through CAA and his dad and whatever. He'll be a, he's an upgrade at point guard. Knicks got really good. Knicks went to the second round and were a legitimate threat to the Heat in the second round of the playoffs before Miami eventually won. Nobody had the Knicks doing that. Now, who knows? There's going to be teams that surprise people. There's going to be teams that fail. Um, are the Nets one of them? I, I hope so, right? But I, I definitely, to your point, believe that things can happen, and there's no guarantee to that. Now, that 2002 Nets team went from 26 wins to 52, and a lot of things changed for them. I feel like I could be a 02 Nets historian. The year before, Kerry Kittles did not play the entire season. He was out. Kenyon Martin was out a lot of the time on limited action. And then once they got Kidd and made the trade for Richard Jefferson and Jason Collins, it all kind of glued together where now you had a healthy Kittles, you had a healthy Kenyon, and you had a guy that was in the prime of his career, and it all of a sudden started to click. You know, hopefully when we're down the road from now and we're talking about Ben Simmons got back, they had him healthy and all that same narrative storyline, um, which is why I said when we started this podcast, like their floor is low, but their ceiling is higher. It's a very unknown. It's a very unknown about this Nets team where it doesn't mean you're not going to this year going, well, I hope they get some wins and surprise people. You really just it could be. It could be hell or it could be heaven. And, you know, that's the beauty of it is we get to watch it in real time. Yeah. And I, I think um, to what Leaf was saying, I think Dinwiddie is going to be have. Look, Mike said he wants Dinwiddie coming off the bench because he likes one, the spark and two, that he can handle the ball. And let's be mm -hmm. real. Spencer Dinwiddie is the backup point guard on this team. There's going to be a lot of a lot of points in the oh, game yeah. where Spencer and Ben aren't on the court at the same time because Spencer is going to run a lot of that second unit. So where Cam Thomas fits in there as far as his scoring, I don't know. Would you be shocked if we're talking a, a couple weeks into the season and we're like, Cam Thomas has four DMPs? Like, would that shock you? Because at, at this point, I've kind of come to expect that. I would be like surprised. Lonnie Walker by is getting minutes over him. Yeah. Yeah. I would be surprised by DMP. Um, man, I guess I wouldn't be shocked if he, if, if it was just, I'd be really disappointed, first of all, because oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, really. Oh, you just muted your mic. I would be surprised by that. Thank you. As I, my right hand left click the mouse, I'd be surprised by it. Uh, basically, from what we saw in the preseason, from Cam, the minutes he got and the exposure yeah. he got, I think Jacques Vaughn tipped his hand a little bit on the amount of respect that's been earned and how much he now has more confidence in Cam. I think you're going to see him get. I, I don't think that's going to happen. And if it does, something went really bad. I think we. I think we've seen that he's going to get some run. The question is, you know, how much and is it in big spots? But he's going to be a part of this Nets rotation this year, as he should. You know, as he should. I agree. Uh, he can score and the Nets need scoring. And if he can show that he can be integrated into this offense, if he can play alongside Ben Simmons, if they can work as a team and it's not ISO ball, 
That to me is the success of Cam Thomas. But then you go to him if you do need that bucket. Um, and like to what you said, you're so right. Starter, starter, come off the bench. Can't, Spencer Dinwiddie is going to run the offense a lot He's of the, the time. Point the guard, yeah, you know Dennis Smith Jr. will do it a little bit. He's hurt right now with the He's ankle, hurt. but but you're going to see Dinwiddie as the backup point guard, and, and, and it makes it makes sense. Well, just a couple quick shot, uh, quick fire things uh, before we get to the predictions of the season. Dennis Smith Jr. is injured. I think Lonnie Walker gets more playing time because of it, and Dennis Smith Jr. just never sees the court again. Hmm. Do you agree or disagree? No, I think Dennis Smith will play. I, I think the Nets brought him in because they like him defensively, and I expect him. Yeah. I think I think he's going to be in the games, and Net fans are going to complain a lot when he's one for six from three or something. I, I think he's going to play uh, when he's healthy. Royce, Roy, Royce O'Neal or, or DFS? I think Royce. I, I have more confidence. I think Royce is more consistent mm-hmm. with the jumper. Uh, and I think he'll get the minutes. I, I love Royce O'Neal. He's one of my favorite. So do I. I, learned, I, I. I thought what he did last year versus the Sixers doesn't get talked about enough. I mean, the Nets got the, the crap kicked out of him. But he was in the same game covering James Harden on the on the perimeter and then would be covering Embiid in the post. Mm-hmm. And he'd be like two for six from three. And everybody's like, oh, I'm like he was giving so much max effort defensively. I, I love Royce O'Neal. Uh, he, he is one of my favorite Nets. And I, I, I've been... You know, I like watching him play, and I, I I think he does a really nice job for this team. I think there's a chance that Dorian Finney-Smith doesn't end the season mm-hmm. with us. I could see that. Yeah, he I, was I sort of a that. disappointment um, yeah. from his lack of shooting, too, when he, he didn't bring that. And then, finally, before our predictions, one last question. Backup center. I was, I was yelling to the heavens. I want Ben Simmons to be the backup center last year. Obviously, I was dead wrong, and I'm okay with him running the point. But are you good with De'Ron Sharp? Or are we looking at, at gals? I think it's going to be prove me who can do it, and each will get their chance, and whoever ends up playing better will get those minutes. That's where they'll go. I mean, Dayron looked better at the end of last season. He had the nice game versus the Heat, right? I think where he had nineteen. And he always 11. has good games against the Heat. Always. Yeah, I know it's funny because I was actually watching that game, but it was streamed, and I was listening to the Heat broadcasters because it was yeah. through NBA TV, and they were like just gushing over him and i was i was like <laughs> they, they I was like, really you're like, I mean, the, you know you have those yeah. random guys that just kill your team like i remember i used to hate evan fournier when he was on the magic i was like oh yeah oh, fuck this guy like, and on the celtics about evan fournier? and on the celtics thank god he oh, sucked yeah. on the knicks but yeah so um, yeah well kd always said because he always was like those guys that you get annoyed with and hate it's just because you wish they were on your team now i don't yeah. think nick fans would say that about evan fournier because he's nah stuck on the bench but i think it's going to be uh dayron to start and then once he ends up not succeeding they'll go to harry giles and then i guess that brings us up to the, the end right here season predictions mm-hmm. now last year like i said you didn't give me a number or maybe you did i didn't yeah. watch the episode all the way through but you did say <laughs> we're not winning the championship we're not missing the playoffs but we'll make the playoffs. We're just not going to do anything there. And I mean, okay. it was vague, but you were pretty much on the money on there. So season <laughs> prediction this life. year. I think the Nets um, are going to start slow and get better as the year goes on, as they build chemistry together. I think you're going to see okay. a team that at first is kind of like uh, on the fringe of making the playoffs. And then they get stronger as the year goes on through playing mm-hmm. together, through getting reps and through having an actual identity. 
Uh, I think they get to the play-in game, make make the playoffs, and then um, do something that they have not done in a couple of years in the first round. That's win a game. Win a game. <laughs> I think they win Isn't a game sad? and they lose. I think they lose in the first round to the Bucks, to the Celtics, something like that. But oh, you, they you, win you got a them game. in the play-in. But they they win the play-in, get to the playoffs, and then they lose a game. But they 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 win a game in the first round. I see this team losing in the first round, but actually winning a playoff game, which okay. I guess would be I, a success. I, I mean, definitely a success. Over, can you believe that in the four years that we had KD Kyrie? I mean, even though KD didn't play the first one, he was on the team. He was on the payroll. We had KD and Kyrie for four years. We won five playoff games. No, no, I'm sorry. No, that year we won seven playoff games, but we won one playoff series because we beat the Celtics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those the first round, and then we beat the Bucks oh, three times. But miserable. we got swept three out of the four years. Swept three out of the four years. They've lost ten straight playoff games. The last time the Nets won a playoff game was Game Five at the Barclays Center versus the Bucks. Which I mean, is the highlight of my Nets life. That's that feels like a lifetime ago. I mean, that was the last it time wasn't. we won a home playoff game. Is 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 a depressing or a playoff game? Um is an unbelievable disaster. I tweeted out like I power ranked the 10 worst ones. Number one was game seven versus the Bucks. Then yeah, game number 10 was like game four versus the Sixers or something like that. No, well, well game, uh, game three against the Bucks where Joe Harris missed that, that, well, that open shot in overtime. That didn't, but they had a win between that. So it wasn't in the rankings. Oh, okay. They oh, won oh, game oh, five. Oh, 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 you're talking about the 10 in a row. The ten in a row stretch. Ah, Although that, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, that the Nets to me lost that series in that game three because they had Milwaukee on the ropes and they blew. Where it. Bruce Brown took the game-winning uh, shot with the layup. Yeah. Shout out oh, to our that. Pacers, Bruce Brown, Obi Toppin. Let's get it. I, I love Bruce Brown. I know he was. And, and, and I'm about to give you my prediction, but just one last thing: the the out of those four years, the two <laughs> players that I missed the most. Well, let me guess. Bruce, go ahead. Oh. All right, so Bruce Brown and Jeff Green. Uh, yep. Yeah. Those those are my two guys. Jeff man. was great. I knew Jeff you were going. Was, oh man, come on! How did we get rid of Jeff? You know, I used to really like Blake Griffin. Also, Look, he was. I don't, solid. I don't know why he was. I solid. Really, I really, I loved Early him Nets. out there. He yeah. was great. The dunk game two versus the Bucks. <laughs> I still that got was it. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was great. Fun. Now he was. I like. I like Blake. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I'm with you. All right. So um, I'm a little more optimistic than you are. I think defensively, we're going to be one of the top teams in the league. Uh, rebounding is probably still going to be a bit of an issue. Uh, but I think I think we can lock it down. If we can get some good shooting, I really think we're going to surprise some teams. I think we could be a, a fifth seed, and I think we'll play either Philly or the Knicks in the first round. Oh, now, where, what do we do there? Yeah. I don't know. I, I can't. Honestly, I don't think we win either one of those series just because – I can't imagine it, right? Well, I feel like I'm already Philly being is. overly optimistic. I'm already feel like I'm being overly, but I think that uh, I think we make it to the fifth seed. We play the fourth seed. Obviously, we'll be away, and I, I have either the Knicks or the or the Sixers in that fourth seed spot. And uh, I mean, I, I hope it's the Knicks. I think it'll be. I know you would hate that, but well, I would absolutely love it. I would love it. It would be good for business, and I know that, but it wouldn't be great for my brain. It would be a lot for me. <laughs> Just yeah. keeping it real. Um, I don't like the Knicks at all. Uh, they do have some good fans. I do have a lot of nice Nick friends that throw up a little in my mouth. 
<laughs> but but it would just yeah it'd be fun i mean i i think the difference would be you know it's funny if the nets played the knicks in the past there'd be basically expectations if you lose a game it would be bad now it would be a little bit different because the knicks are in a better place and based on last season you'd expect the knicks to be the team favored and then if the nets won it'd be like little brother beating up big brother in a literal sense i guess as for little brother we're we're now little brother again, hundred <laughs> percent. All right, but uh, you know, I like I said, I am uh, I'm I'm optimistic. I don't know why. I don't know why I keep doing this to myself, but I am optimistic, and uh, I'm just gonna keep rolling with this. All right. Well, um, I, I think that's it. Uh, I I just gotta thank you again for joining me uh, on another season preview. I mm-hmm. mean, if they're listening to this, they probably know who you are already. But just in case. Let everybody know where they can find you. Yeah, absolutely. If you want to check out uh, Bad Weather Fans, I do it with a Nick fan, Alex Benesowitz, um, and him and I have a great time doing it. Uh, it's a cool dynamic because I'm the Ned fan, he's the Nick fan, and uh, you know Alex is a is a great co-host. And if you think it, he, he, he might hate on the Knicks more than he does the Nets, I was so just about to say, <laughs> don't worry, like he's gonna come. Yeah. In. He's not. He's realistic. Uh, he loves the Knicks. But he's not yeah. going to go in there, and uh, he'll tell it like it is. And he definitely, um, you know, if he sees I think something, sometimes he's he a little too like, hard on him. I would agree. I would agree. I've had yeah. Nick fans reach out to me and be like, "Mike, you're Nick." I, I somebody tweeted me something so funny. Like, um, they're like, "I'm talking to my therapist about how much I like your Nick opinions." I was like, "I appreciate it." <laughs> so, but yeah, yeah, man. yeah no, he's, Alex, he's, Alex is a good dude. People like yeah, listening he, to him. Yeah, he is, and he, like I said, he definitely not a homer because he goes no. he goes hard after the Knicks. So you guys definitely appreciate not. that. Definitely not. No, I appreciate it. Well, I appreciate you joining me for episode one. Uh, I'll probably be doing these solos from here on out. So uh, go ahead and keep on if you enjoyed what you heard and you're listening on audio. You listen all the way to the end. I appreciate you listening all the way to the end. Please leave a review, comment, all that other good stuff. And if you're watching on YouTube, thank you for watching all the way to the end. Please like and subscribe. And for uh, I mean, it was. I mean, we didn't promote it, so I was surprised that one person jumped on here live. But for Leaf Diggy, thank you for jumping on here live. Uh, we appreciate you. you finding us randomly and uh, joining in on the conversation. So until the next one, have a good one.